Hello, Happy New Year, friends. Welcome to 2023 here on Forward Radio, your community station going strong since 2017. Thanks to you all supporting us over these many, many years. Hope you had a wonderful New Year's celebration and are ready to get engaged and make 2023 a better you. That's what we're going to focus on today. A better you for a better world. Uh, it's our New Year's show here on Sustainability Now with me, Justin Mogg, and I am so thrilled to have in the studio with me, Chris Iskrig. Welcome, Chris, to the station. It's good to have you here. Thanks. Uh, it's good to be here. Chris is with Deeply Rooted Counseling, uh, and you can get in touch with Chris at deeply rooted counseling at gmail.com. Uh, Chris was once a farmer in rural Kentucky and he even has chickens in his bathtub right now. That's right, <laughs> Little <yeah>. chickens. <laughs> yeah. And he's sick of eating eggs, so if anybody wants them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he's now uh, a practicing psychotherapist right here in Louisville, where he grew up. Uh, he's thought deeply over the years about the relationships that we weave each of us to each other and to the more than human world uh, and has integrated the natural world meaningfully into his therapeutic approach. He's not, however, an ecotherapist. I got that wrong right off the bat. That was, <laughs> I think I got that from Kyle Kramer who introduced us. And, you know, Chris, I really want to start with interrogating. Uh, you tell us that you avoid the word nature. Yes. Uh, and I think that's really an interesting place to start because so many people in sustainability and listening to the show right now are all about like defending nature, right? Um, so tell us about why you avoid that. And then we'll dive into some of that about what that means in terms of our relationship with nature. Yeah, so relationship is significant in, in understanding why I tend to avoid that word. Mm. Um, briefly, uh, <laughs> I guess I would say that I don't think nature exists. Oh, interesting. I think it's a, a concept that we have that kind of becomes the catch-all for everything that's not human. Everything not human or human-made. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then what we've got is separation from all that is right. if we are, then we are not nature. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Okay. So how do we refer then to non-human things? What do you say? Tree, rock, <laughs> cloud, <laughs> ocean. Okay. In other words, don't put it all in a, in a bucket. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I mean, it's not too, I don't think it's too serious, but I think that it's important, you know, to words are important and right. understanding what words mean and how they can affect the way we see the world and the way we relate to the world is important. So it kind of makes it everything that's not us. It's out there. It's not me. Yeah. I'm separate from it. Yeah. And that of course leads to all kinds of problematic behaviors when you have a disrupted relationship like that. Yeah, absolutely. And I've been so excited to have you on the program and to talk about this because in all my many years of working on sustainability and sustainable development, the more I do it, the more I come to realize that what we're really trying to do in that process is repair broken relationships. Absolutely. That's how I, yeah. that's how I put it now, that the, the reason we see all these problems, whether it's you know, climate change or species loss or houselessness or other things that affect humans too, the mm -hmm. reason that we see all these problems is because we've allowed our relationships to break and those relationships can be with other people other 
classes of people, if you want to put it that, other races, right? Mm-hmm. And our relationship with the earth is how I often put it. But maybe that's just another way of othering it too. Now that I, now I'm thinking about that, I don't think so. I mean, I think you know that's th- those are legitimate. Okay. Um, and I, I mean, if you want to repair your relationship with the natural world, with nature, right? <laughs> <laughs> that dirty word. Uh-oh. Um, we circle back then, to the Then it, it, it needs to be specific. Yeah. So what are we talking about? Like, mm. if, if it's just this abstract concept, then... Because it's not just one relationship, right? There's You have a relationship yeah, yeah. with water. You have a relationship with soil. You have a relationship specific with Specific soil, too, right? Yeah, specific water. Exactly. Like, we're in the Ohio Valley where the, that's created by the Ohio River, yeah. so that's... Yeah. I mean, that's not all of our water, but yeah, it's a lot of it. Mm. So I guess you're one, it sounds like, who, who tries to inv- avoid this concept of, like, I, I got to improve my relationship with the cosmos. Like, this, <laughs> something that's out there, it really is a more direct, you're talking about having a more direct relationship with yeah, the, like what, what's human, in front of me. With like what's who, in front of who me. Who am I mm. relating to? Mm. So our goal today uh, mm. on this new year <laughs> is to invite you, our listeners, to nurture your relationships with the other than humans is that the term you like to use sure i mean that's <laughs> like it's uh, whatever what you know it's really whatever works i mean i think it's just important to interrogate the words that we're using yeah absolutely yeah. okay well i know you really wanted to kick our conversation off with talking about the definition of culture uh, and and you learned this from navajo elder pat mccabe yeah or woman stand shining yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't learn it from her directly. I've never met Pat McCabe, but I've listened to her speak quite a bit, and I'm really glad to have come into contact with, with yeah. her words. And she has a definition of culture. We often talk about culture like, like different subcultures and K-pop culture. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or, or um, you know, internet culture, or you know, but these aren't really like by her definition, Mm. don't count as culture. (laughs) Uh, Her definition of culture is the earth expressing herself through human beings in a particular place. Wow. The earth expressing herself. Yeah. See, that's a different way of thinking about it. Yeah. So it's our relationship (laughs) here, right? Like, so if wherever here is, so you'll get, you know, depending on the topography and the weather and the flora and fauna, yeah, the, you know the geology, the water systems, all that in a particular area determines how human beings live there and interact with. I would say those beings mm. um, in that place. Yeah, and the reason I th- I think that relationships are so key to sustainability is I think that the only way we can behave so poorly <laughs> is if we just sort of. I often say deny the humanity of the people we're dumping on, right? Like that there are these sacrifice zones where it's okay to pollute, right? But of course, it's not just a broken relationship with the people there, but also the other creatures and non-living things too. I think this your your sort of ethos here is extending into yeah, yeah, more more animistic perspective. Yeah, that's really interesting. Like, do I need to have a relationship with? Well, we talked about it, water and soil. I mean, soil is a living thing. Sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's like tons of microbiota in the soil. Yeah. In healthy soil. In healthy soil. And, you know, most water is not sterile either. 
So, uh, yeah, I never really thought about that. Water certainly moves. So I, in, in that way, it's much like a living thing. But uh, hmm, I'm loving this already. It's taking my mind <laughs> so, into new so, places. So, so maybe it's important to talk about what the qualities of a healthy relationship are. Oh, yeah. And, and I don't know where I got this. Most anything I'm going to say here today <laughs> is not my own. It's just stuff that I've picked up and integrated into me, you know. So, But it seems to me that this, that this fits, that the... That, the two essential ingredients for a healthy relationship are respect and reciprocity. Mm. Okay. I I think that's pretty obvious in a human relationship. Uh, What does respect and reciprocity look like in relation with a non-human? Yeah. Well, if I consider that non-human to be alive and to have its own agency and its own right to be, Mm. then I'm not just going to use it for my own ends without some kind of exchange. Yes. Yes. And I think a highly problematic way of looking at the world is an extractive one. And our economy right. yeah, really yeah. pushes us towards an extractive one because it's so damn profitable. Yeah. Well, we treat, we treat it like a, <laughs> like a, like it's our own private lumber yard and gravel pit to yeah. quote a friend of mine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and there's even things like, ways of looking at this is like the Bible tells us to have a dominion right mm-hmm. over over the earth and it's there for us and that I think has really led us down a, a path of ultimately self-destruction uh, but certainly broader destruction uh, when we think of our relationship to the earth as an extractive one and I think it's hard not to then if you're living that way mm. if you're extracting everything that sustains you uh, rather than being in a regenerative relationship with the earth yeah that it's hard for that not to translate into the way we treat other people right oh yeah and, or, and ourselves <laughs> and ourselves interesting yeah. yeah huh yeah so so i mean i think it's important just to circle back to that definition of culture is like we we don't live in an intact culture mm. because if you think about like i can go down most sort of commercial streets in the United States, and I can find many of this. It, it looks the same. There's McDonald's, yeah. there's Walmart, there's you know the, the same businesses, and you know where like where do we get our food? Do we get it from here? Yeah, or is it you know flown in from I don't know Argentina sure. or somewhere knows, out west? God knows where. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it, we have a not intact culture. What is it then? Well, I guess it's just a it's a culture in need of repair and healing. Yeah, so we have to get back into relationship with where we are specifically. There you go. That's why that's why this idea of nature is problematic right. because it lacks the specificity right. necessary for a reciprocal and respectful relationship. And this is especially easy for us in urban environments to slip into because oh, yeah. we, we do so much to keep nature away, right? Yeah. Uh, but it's true in rural areas, too, for crying out loud. The way we manage most land in rural areas is That's a terrible. monoculture, right? <laughs> we, we do everything we can. We use every technology man has invented, right, to to beat back nature, which is going to come into that vacuum no, modern, of a monoculture. Modern farming is extractive. It's, like, it's more like mining than it is agriculture. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. For mining the soil, like there's like that, that aliveness of the soil is significantly diminished through industrial farming. Mining the soil and the biology, right? Yep. Like <laughs> we're really just using these plants as like a machine to generate food for us. And yes. Not thinking of them as living things that deserve respect and reciprocal relationship. And hmm. this certainly translates into a lot of ways of living, right? And I think, I think that that's 
why my office is so busy. <laughs> Let's talk about that. <laughs> um, you, you must be known as someone who specializes in, in a psychotherapy that is of this ethos. I don't, I don't know if, if I'm known that way. Oh, really? I, I mean, if you were to ask some of my clients, some of them would say yes, and some of them would ask what are you talking about? Really? Yeah, it just depends on what they're bringing to the table yeah. or, or to the couch, if you will. <laughs> um, it, it's something that I often talk about with people and explore with them, like how they see their life and their relationships to all the you know, all these different levels, and what they want to do about it. Huh. You know, so uh, it, just, it comes up when it comes up. It's not. I don't lead with it. Uh, I guess that's the way to okay to put it. So, of course, you're not trying to like every problem they bring to me, I'm going to put in this box of, well, you're 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 unrooted <laughs> or you're thinly rooted uh, to place. It's mostly true. <laughs> it's mostly true. <laughs> we usually get there, but there's there's other layers to it. Right? There's there. You know, a lot of times we're, we're talking about their history and, you know, we end up talking about that history of like just for example, I grew up from nine to 18 years old out in J-Town. Oh, yeah. By uh by the park and the golf course. And we used to go back in there all the time when I was a kid and like escape our, the, the eyes of our parents sure, and build forts and, you know, just explore and stuff like that. And well, nine years ago, uh, when my daughter was born, I went back there just one day by myself, just trying to get some, anyway, just all that newborn type stuff. And I was just needed a day to relax. Yeah. And I went back there and I was in this favorite part of, the creek and I was just looking for fossils, looking down, looking down. And then I looked up and there were just all these houses that oh, weren't there. Yeah. So these places that we know in the world we live in are rapidly changing and yeah. being developed. Right. Like that word, that's a problematic word too, actually, right. but destroyed is more. <laughs> yeah, is more apt. <laughs> are apt. I'm speaking today with Chris Iskrig. He's from Deeply Rooted Counseling. He's a psychotherapist right here in Louisville, Kentucky. And the theme of our day here on our New Year's show is how you can think more critically about your relationships uh, throughout this new year uh, and maybe nurture your relationships with the other than humans, although... We're certainly touching on a lot of broken relationships with other humans, too. I mean, that's certainly not something to ignore, but it's all of a piece. It's sort of the way we exist in the world, right, and how we navigate. And I don't think most people think of themselves as having a relationship with soil, with water, with air. It's just something that you swim in, right? Like it's mm. like a fish saying, do you have a relationship to this ocean? Well... Well, we've been removed. There's so many steps of removal from it. If you're not, I mean, you know, we've got hunter-gatherer brains. Yeah. <laughs> Still, you know, it's not like we've evolved past that. And so that's yeah. the way we used to feed and clothe and shelter ourselves. And, you know, mm -hmm. through the course of history, I mean, really, it's just in the last few hundred years that we've really deracinated ourselves sure. to such an extent that, it feels like we don't have a relationship with the soil. Yeah. We do. It's just really disrupted and fragmented and removed from our experience. Right, right. Unless you're a gardener or a farmer. Well, th that's that's exactly how I was going to say. Like, I, I wonder if it would be valuable for our listeners to hear things that you and I do to sort of nurture this relationship with the other than human 
for me, it's about being a, a productive citizen of the world. Like, I don't want to just extract. I want to produce some of the things that sustain me, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's as simple as capturing water in a rain barrel or making my own new soil by composting my food scraps or actually getting out there and gardening, growing, uh, producing food, planting food, producing trees <laughs> in our neighborhoods, you know, those kinds of things. That gives me incredible satisfaction. Yeah, me too. Uh, and keeps me rooted. Like, literally, I'm planting roots all over the city when I plant these trees and coming back. You know, I've lived here since 2009, and some of the trees I planted in 2009 are giganto now. Like, it's so mm. exciting to see that, right? Yeah. And to feel like, in a way, I participated in birthing this. You know, I don't have children, but I have tree children, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The other big way, before I let you share, um, the other big way I keep connected to a non-human way of thinking, and I'm trying to avoid using the word nature, uh, <laughs> is through beekeeping. Oh, yeah. There's the only animals besides my cat, my <laughs> very domesticated non-wild cat, but they're the only wild, like sort of wild creatures that I have a constant relationship with mm. of course you'll you'll catch a fleeting glimpse of a of a wild creature and it's exciting and i love to make eye contact with them and things like that but in terms of like repeatedly coming back to the home of and visiting with it's my bees and they teach me so much about how to live differently in the world when you think about this community of 20 30,000 yeah. individuals who work cooperatively and collectively. Um, yes, there is a queen who leads. So in that way, you could think of it as hierarchical, but they somehow manage to make collective decisions together without even having, you know, verbal language. They have a language of sorts, right? But it's Probably just... do that little dance when yeah, they come in. And, the and dance, the t- right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just amazing. And yet, somehow they're able to sustain themselves uh, and do a ton of productive work through pollination, right? Mm. And yeah, so we need them. To see that work is really inspiring for me. So I always love getting in my hives. Those are like the two main ways I think of as trying to stay, stay grounded and connected locally. Uh, how about for you? Very similar. So I used to be a farmer, uh, or I attempted to be a farmer. (laughs) (laughs) This is like 95 to 2008, maybe. And not all that time was farming, but I lived in Greene County. And then I moved back up here, went back to graduate school and all that stuff and and really missed it. I lived in the Highlands. I had a tiny little yard. Yeah. And, And so about five years ago, my wife and I moved out to Fern Creek to an acre and a half in an old farmhouse. Wow. The subdivision behind us is what used to be the farm. Oh, yeah. Um, but we're in the old farmhouse and there's, an, you know, there's a nice little chunk of ground to be able to garden on. And so I probably got a probably 1,500 square feet, wow. if not more, of garden space. Wow. it's a lot to manage. Uh, I do hugel culture. Do you know what yeah, hugel culture, culture. is? Yeah, hugel culture. Tell, tell our listeners about that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's ba- I mean, the way that I do it, there's probably more than one way, but it, basically you bury wood and other compostable materials and it's a source of carbon and it holds water and provides a space for living creatures, yeah. microbiota and um, composting on site. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so I've got some of that going on and I use a lot of wood chips. There's yeah. this uh, organization called Chip Drop that you yeah. can sign up and get free wood chips. I highly recommend it if anybody wants some free mulch. Chip Drop. Yep. Yeah. Um, I've got water barrels. I've got plans to build a greenhouse on the side of the house. Oh, and nice. I've got plans for beekeeping, too. Really? So I'm going to be hitting you up, okay. Justin. To, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, 
maybe teach me a little bit about beekeeping. Oh, sure. I'd love to have you over to my hodge. They're, they're in the Portland neighborhood at okay. my wife's uh, yeah. urban farm or orchard, I should say. Right um, See, I've, got, I've got a bunch of fruit trees, yeah. blueberries, elderberries, stuff like that. Yeah. And and share share with listeners about like good strategies you use or you'd recommend that they use to be more intentional when you're in that space and, and more reflective and... Do you want to even say like communicative with the other than humans? I mean, well, I, think, I think, yeah, I think it's just being aware. Like if, so if, yeah. if I have a garden and I'm, uh, especially if I'm gardening organically yeah, and I, I grow a head of lettuce and then I harvest that head of lettuce and I eat that head of lettuce, I'm, I'm interacting with the soil where I live yeah, because the minerals, and the nutrients from You're that soil, where yeah, 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 and the microbiota, the bacteria yeah. that are on that lettuce, like we need that. That's yeah. part of our own microbiome, yeah. and so we're we're actually like there's a there's a physical relationship that I might not be really think about all that much as I'm eating lettuce, but if I if I do think about it, that's what's happening. Yeah. So that's the that's the. One way of looking at the relationship there. The and other thing, just real quick, that I recommend to people is uh, e even if it's if it's cold but not freezing, is to go out barefoot and like Ooh. feel the grass and the soil on your feet. Wow. And you will actually pick up bacteria that way That's too. That's true. Yeah. 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 And let your children do it too. Oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let them play in the mud. Get it. Get dirty. <laughs> Yeah, it's go, actually you know. really important for wellness. Yeah, my my, my uh, daughter and I have been hiking. I, first time I took her out was she was ten weeks old. We went to Bernheim Forest, oh, and, wow. um, but we go hiking all the time. And uh, one of our favorite things to do is a creek walk. Yeah, and you know, uncovering rocks. It's and, so cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. I did that as a kid. I had a park right behind my house, and I would just go down to the creek and yeah. observe it in different conditions like right after a rain what does it look like and then when in droughty times and then yeah getting in there and poking around in the rocks it's just finding salamanders and yeah. frogs and yeah and you start understanding like resource flows and oh this is where oh, all yeah. the salt comes from the roads you know <laughs> right right yeah <laughs> in the winter time and all the litter uh, eventually makes its way down or if here. you're walking through the park here and, and you can smell bear grass yeah because yeah. it has sewage in it that's right yeah well yeah i mean it's stories like that about how we have designed our city such that anytime we get a big rain we've got to put raw sewage out into beargrass creek and the ohio river just shows you like how broken our relationship is uh to the non-human right and and to that which sustains us like water is life we know it yes uh and w we don't have to do as much as you're saying like grow our own lettuce in our yard to 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 feel that that how we're reliant on what is local all we have to do is breathe the air mm -hmm. right uh every time we breathe we have a moment to to be cognizant of and respectful for uh, our local place and to realize that I'm incorporating into my body that, that which is local. Uh, and this is what, you know, led me down the road of never driving, for instance, was just the thought of having to pollute everybody else's air and my own mm. to, in order to get yeah, from yeah. A to B um, just seemed, that's, 
so unethical. And yet I look around and everybody's doing it all the time to get everywhere. Right. So, uh, that's how I got here. Exactly. <laughs> I'll just own it. Speaking of the devil. <laughs> and so how do we live in this, with this cognitive dissonance? You must see a lot of patients who have these sort of values and, and struggle. I'm one of them. Yeah. And you're yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, one of the dangers is that we can fall into a trap of, of shame, right. And, Mm. and despair. Mm. And there was a great, um, Bill Moyers interviewed Wendell Berry, uh, and it was on PBS. I think it was years ago. And, Bill Moyers was asking Wendell Berry about despair and Berry said, we don't, we can't, we don't have time for despair. We can't, <laughs> we can't afford, we don't, it's a luxury that we cannot afford. Wow. Um, but the, but the shame piece is powerful, right? So, uh, and just briefly, shame is a lie that I tell myself about myself in order to keep myself stay, safe by staying small. So it says, I'm not good enough. So don't even try Wh- whatever it is I'm thinking. Huh? Whereas when I was a teenager, don't talk to that girl because she's not going to like you or don't try this new, you know, sport or whatever, whatever it is. It says we lie to ourselves. Interesting. Yeah. To keep ourselves safe in it. And so to keep ourselves safe. Yeah. But the problem is that keeps us doing the same thing that we're doing. So if we think about like, oh, I drive and like there's the shame. It's like if we get stuck in the shame, there's no there's no effort to change anything about it. Oh, so, so the first step, step I think, is, is becoming aware of, of that, giving ourselves a little bit of grace because we're all stuck in this web. Yeah. <laughs> There's, like, you can do something like, I mean, I'm, I uh, deeply respect not driving. That's a, that's a, what a vow to take. Yeah, it, it was like, yeah, my monastery vow as a child. But I, when I when I started it, it was actually a way of like rebelling, like being yeah, that teenage yeah. rebel and being like, I'm not well, doing what my parents <laughs> want me to do, you know? I mean, that's great, man. That's great. I mean, I think that's what it takes, right? Yeah. Is like, like doing something. Yeah. <laughs> because and, and but the thing is, we can't do it all, and like, no. there's there's no there's no purity in this, right? Where in the in the way we're living, there's no escaping. Mm many aspects of it. So where, uh, where to begin? It's a new year. Our listeners are yeah, thinking yeah. about like, yeah, there's so many broken relationships. He's mentioned already all these things we're doing wrong. Where should people start? What advice do you give uh, your patients or anyone that, when they're thinking about where to start in terms of healing our broken relationships? Boy, that's such a big question. <laughs> I mean, I think we, we've kind of talked a little bit about, about that, you know, um, Working with shame, work, you know, like there's some different techniques, I guess, if you will, or different different paradigms for working with that. One of the ones that I like the best, uh, I'll plug a book here, which is sure. Bill Plotkin's Wild Mind. And if, I think if I've got the subtitle correct, it's a, a field guide to the human psyche. Ooh. Wild uh, Mind. Okay. Yeah. So so I I often recommend that book to my to my clients. Yeah. Um, and there's some ways to work with not only work with shame in there, but ways to work on repairing our relationship with the more than human world. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a ton in there that a lot of it, a lot of it requires that we do our own internal work. Yeah. Uh, so that might, you, you might consider that the, the intra psychic aspects of relationship, like my, 
um, okay, I was, I was going to ask you what your parts of what myself, psychic how meant. they relate to each other, right? <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you, you know, a lot of people are like, "What are you talking about, man?" Like different parts. <laughs> I'm, I'm me, right? Yeah. And I'm like, well, well, you know, you know, when the alarm goes off in the morning, and there's that part of you that wants to stay in bed, and there's that other oh, part I that's like, that get part. your butt out of bed. <laughs> there's two parts right there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's an example. <laughs> My guest today is Chris Iskrig. He's joining me here on Sustainability Now for our New Year's show to welcome you into New Year, a new way of thinking about your relationships with other people and with other non-people that we need to heal all of those relationships. Uh, He's with Deeply Rooted Counseling, a psychotherapist here in Louisville. Um, the, The way I like to encourage people to start making change mm-hmm. is to think about either uh, one what do you, what are you curious about what do you want to learn more about what do you want to explore yeah that'll get you in a relationship real quick right right yeah. um and and so there's but most of us probably have this nagging like oh i wish i had time or whatever to to focus on something in particular that we're interested in, right? And and that's, I think, a wonderful place to just start, right? Whatever you want to learn about. Uh, and then, you know, the, the broader advice I say to people is change the way you eat and the way you move, <laughs> the way you get around. Because those two things I've found in my life have really been most impactful, not in terms, not just in terms of like my environmental impact and social impact, but my own, the impact of my health and wellness. You know, yeah. that that act of eating more local, growing my own food, foraging my own food, um, eating well, less empowering, meat. It's empowering, right? It's empowering. It's yeah. empowering. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, I, You're not dependent on these systems of... of Oppression in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I was going to say, I was going to say destruction. That was and destruction, but, but, right? But they're, but they're the systems that also feed us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we're not... And if you want eggs... Gr- Tend some chickens, see what it's like, and you'll have more eggs than you want, right? <laughs> yeah, you will. You will have more eggs than you, than you and, need. And I think a really important thing, I think this should be part of every high school curriculum, that every student who wants to eat meat should have to slaughter an animal. Oh, I agree. Can you imagine what would happen to our society if we did that? First of all, there'd be a lot more people not eating meat, <laughs> I would think, right off the bat. And those who do would have a much healthier relationship to it. Like, well, you, you realize... Like the impact, yeah. like the 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 seriousness of yeah. what eating meat is. It's not just some flesh on a plate. It came no. from a living creature, and if you want to eat it, you're gonna take their life. And nobody needs to make a judgment about whether that's good or bad. But you should take some ownership of that, right? Yep. And I think that's a classic example of like disrupted relationship. Not knowing we hide all these things like in society, like we don't know where our food comes from or how it got to us, you know, or our water <laughs> or where our waste goes, like all those things mm. keep us from having a healthy relationship with the world and an understanding. Right. And it keeps us from being more sustainable creatures. I would say, um, by, by just not having that healthy relationship. And then, so that's a food side of it. And then changing the way you get around, like, again, you don't have to be a purist and never drive like me, but just taking the time to, well, maybe this trip, I'm going to try getting there without a car, uh, and, and see what that's like. And you might find 
like I have found, is incredibly joyful to get out on your bicycle or take a walk or carpool with a friend, mm. right? Or get on the bus and actually talk to somebody, <laughs> you know? All these things, uh, we could look at it as a burden, like, oh, I don't have time. That's uh, too hard, too much work. Uh, but to me, it's never seemed that way at all. It seems very life-affirming um, to, to do that and, to, and, and, and saves you so much money. <laughs> Uh, so there's so many benefits, and and I think people don't even know because they are stuck. They're stuck in the business as usual, right? Yeah, some some of that's conditioning. Conditioning, right? yeah, and, yeah. And I would say some of it's shame. Mm. And and like if we don't, if if I don't heal the broken relationships within me, it's going to be very hard for me to heal my relationship with you or my relationship with other beings, right? besides humans huh because i'm going to be acting out of a wounded place yeah so we're talking ultimately what we're talking about here is trauma and how trauma fragments and separates wow yeah wow so okay. if i'm if i'm if i'm acting out of a, a traumatized space in me then then i'm just going to be reenacting that in the world mm. why is that what is like psychologically? Why why do people tend to you know the the abused become abusers? But in, I've always wondered why that is. I mean, one way of looking at it is is safety, like seeking safety through power and control. Okay, okay. Um, and another way of, is it's and so we'll like uh, a lot of times people that are abused will also seek out abusers. And it's and the reason that is, it's like okay, I'm going to put myself in that same situation because it's familiar. And, and this time, it's familiar, but this time I'm going to change it. So there's this because in trauma you get frozen oh. in the, in that experience, and it is unresolved, and that's why it's so disruptive because it's still playing out. Yeah. And so, so finding that to... resolution is oh. is what's important to. And when you find the resolution, then you then it's easier to integrate those. Uh, wounded parts wow. of ourselves. Wow. Huh. And so, so, so we're, we're swimming in trauma. Like we're acting it out over and over again, all this separation. Hmm. We just keep acting it out on the world. So like, like all the things that are great to do. I mean, I'm with you brother. hundred <laughs> percent. I am. I am hundred percent. But if, if, if we don't work on what's going on inside us, it's really hard to make those things happen. Mm. That's my that's my judgment anyway. Wonderful. So a really valuable place then for people who kind of realize they're in an abusive relationship with the non-human <laughs> is to start with internal work uh, that would be about... Re- you could do both at the same time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what does that internal work look like for your clients? Wow. Um I mean, I first, guess the word the word integration is okay. what what comes to mind. Um, so if trauma is something that fragments our psyches, uh-huh. and what what we do is we you know that part of us that's wounded that's really painful, we're gonna we're gonna se- separate from that. We're gonna you know try to avoid it. Okay, you so th- this is a reason why I don't want to why I want blinders on, not look at the like abuse that is in the system that supplied me this food. Right, Uh, because I'm I'm trying to keep that separation. So the internal work is to recognize that you're doing that. 
first and then well yeah so yeah so there's there's there, so there's a three-step process okay. it's real it's very simple but it's very, very hard, hard and it's not simplistic it's simple and it's probably really hard to do just totally on your own which is why we need someone like you right yeah because the, the first step is awareness okay so that's kind of what a little bit of what we've been talking about is like becoming aware of like usually people come to talk to me because they've got they're in some kind of pain and they're aware of it. <laughs> they're aware of that, but they're not exactly aware of why, where, why, where it comes from, or why they do what they do in response to it. Oh, so they might be aware of their behavior and don't even realize it's pain. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. What they might not be aware of what's driving it. So okay. the first step is awareness. The second step is compassion for self. And that's really important because when, when I become aware of what drives my behavior, it usually feels shameful. Like, oh man, I'm doing that. Right, right. You know, and, and the thing is, is that that behavior typically, not always, but typically it's something from childhood, some kind of coping strategy that I've learned. I've become my dad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Some, kind of, some kind of coping strategy that in the time of childhood made perfect sense because a child doesn't have... They're not developed. They don't have yeah. wisdom. They don't. They don't have the same rights as adults. They're right. smaller. They don't have. You know. They don't have the experience. All that stuff. So a child has to adapt. And then the child does what we all do. What all humans do is like, oh, that's the way it works. And I'm just going to keep on doing that, right? And of course, when you get out of that power differential and you have more more agency and authority, then when you start doing that stuff, it becomes problematic. And other people will tell you or or messes up your health or whatever. And so that's why compassion for self is so important because understanding that I had to adapt to that situation when I was a child, I'm like, okay, and now it's different. Okay. So that's the awareness is that I can do something different, which is step three. Okay. So awareness, compassion for self, do something different. I know that's really vague, generic, but, but it's, it, yeah. but it's, if I'm trying to meet a need through a certain action, and it's not working, how else might I meet that need mm. is the question. And then then do then try something else. And and maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. There's no like necessarily right or wrong answer. Yeah, absolutely. Chris, we're we're down to our last five minutes. I can't believe it because I, I can't either. <laughs> we have an incredible agenda in front of us. There's so much to talk about. But I know one thing that I was really looking forward to talking to you about it was technology's effects on the human psyche oh, yeah. and well-being. What are some of your reflections on what have you seen in your practice about technology's effects? Uh, I mean, the two big ones are video games. Really? And how much people become immersed in video games really? as a way of escape. Oh, yeah. I thought that yeah. was a myth and that the, it was a moral no, panic no, thing no, about no. video games is not legit. You're telling me that actually is I'm a problem? I'm telling you that people play hours of video games a day to the detriment of their other relationships. That surprised Adults. And if I, yeah, yeah. And if I don't, yeah. <laughs> if I, don't, I don't know a single person who plays video games a lot. That's amazing to me. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, me too. It's I mean, that it's, common, it's, huh? Yeah. And it's a problem because... Well, it's a problem because it, it, it's an addiction. And an addiction is a, is a substitution for relationship. Hmm. Oh, okay. So, so in this way, it's like relationship with self in the world. And if I... Like in a video game, like you can feel powerful. Like you've got agency and authority. You can also not. You can lose. Yeah. You know, but like you can keep working at it you until you master yeah. the video game and get to the end. Yeah. And, but you can also lose yourself in this world, and it feels like you've got agency and you're doing something important, although you're not. Huh. So it's, it becomes a substitute for doing that in life. Sure. And people escape in all kinds of ways, right? TV, movies, books. 
are you saying that all of that is problematic? I'm I'm not saying any of it's problematic okay. necessarily. It depends on the way that you use it. Okay. So a healthier relationship so like with I, these media yeah. would be with video games? Yeah, sure. Let's I say mean time game. time time limited. Like, time limited. Yeah. Hmm. But most people don't do that. Yeah. I mean, especially if it's something that I'm using to feel grounded, to feel okay, so if it's an addictive behavior. Like if I have a day with no video games, I'm going to feel bad. And that's, a, that's when yeah. you know something's Typically wrong. Typically, one of the signs of addiction is I do more than I intended to do. Oops. Yeah, okay. So like I'm going to play, like, so I play online chess, and I can get lost in it. It's an addiction. I wow. can get lost in wow. it. And I, I, like, I'm just going to play a game, and yeah. then 10 games later, I'm like, well, I haven't done my clinical notes today. And, you know, uh, yeah. and then, See, I feel this way about gardening. I get lost in the garden and lose uh, track of time. No, and, that's uh, all right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's my opinion anyway. That's all right. <laughs> okay. So, that's a different thing. That's a different thing. That's, like, that's, that's being fully engaged in a process that is respectful and reciprocal and okay. in the world. Huh. I'm sure there are people would make the argument there are video games that are about creating respect and relationship and you know probably the vast that's majority. That's a great way to sell video way. games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so, so their aspect of technology is, is social media. Social media, ah, ah, good, good. Okay, yeah. good. There's another I, I thing. Reckon, I recommend if it, if it comes up it, with my client, I'd say do everything you can to get off of it. Period. Yeah. Close your accounts. Yeah. Don't take a break. Just stop. <laughs> Just stop altogether. Yeah. All social media. Because yeah. Doesn't matter whether it's uh, Twitter or TikTok. Or yeah, yeah, all of it is problematic. So, so the only See, thing again. that I use personally is is YouTube. I watch videos, but I don't I don't engage in commentary yeah. on that. I use it for instructional stuff to learn. Well, that's really interesting. See, because a lot of people would say, well, social media is so great because it helps me build relationships or maintain relationships with people who are not here with me. So, exactly. And so this is a problem. Yeah, it's like interesting. I, I mean, there's so much that we could go into with this, man. It's like in our last minute, just just like how it affects our relationship to where we are. It pulls us out from sure where does. we are. Sure does. I mean, during the pandemic, I switched to total telehealth stuff, and I hated it. Yeah, me too. I hated it, and I do not do it anymore unless somebody's sick or they're out of town or they got childcare issues, something like that. I'll do telehealth with them. But other than that, it's like you have to come to my office. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a whole ritual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so different to be in person with somebody. Like, we are here in studio. Uh, yeah. Chris, this has been amazing. I feel like we're not at all done. Um, but I do want to share with our listeners some of the wishes for them for 2023 that uh, I found uh, in your signature line. And I just wanted to share them with everybody. So Chris and I hope for you all that may you be happy, healthy, and whole. May you have love, warmth, and affection. May you be protected from harm and free from fear. May you be alive, engaged, and joyful. May you experience inner peace and ease. Mm. Sounds like a great way to start the new year, right? It does. It does. Let's do it. <laughs> a lot of important work to be done to make all those things a reality. And uh, hopefully we'll get you back sometime to keep scratching yeah, this. Yeah, this we've back. just yeah. started scratching the surface. There's so much good stuff to talk about here. His name is Chris Iskrig, Deeply Rooted Counseling. And you can email him at deeplyrootedcounseling at gmail.com. 
Com. Chris, thank you so much for taking the time and enlightening me today. Oh, man. This Thanks was for fascinating. It was, it, was, it was wonderful to be here. Good. All yeah. right. Stay tuned, everybody. Coming up in just a second, I've got your community action calendar, a whole bunch of ideas about how you can get engaged in healing some of those relationships right here this week here in Louisville. So stay tuned, my friends. Flow like a river to the sea, it's all in you and me. We're back here on Sustainability Now with me, Justin Mogg, celebrating the new year. Welcome, everybody, to 2023 and another year of action for sustainability. Together, we can do this, you all. That's what this show is all about, Sustainability Now. If we dream of a future in which people and planet live in right relationship well, there's no reason to wait for that future. It doesn't rely on some new technology or some new leader. We must be the change we want to see in 2023. And that means you have to take action every week. That's why I share this calendar every single week. There are opportunities for you to dig in, dig deep, get engaged in your community for sustainability, whether it's something really small or simple or something really pivotal and life-changing. Every day is an opportunity for change and for making a better tomorrow. So I encourage you to dig into your community and find ways to make sustainability a reality now learn from each other hold hands 2023 is all about unity and action together and yeah sure those individual actions too that build to something bigger but we can't make sustainability happen on our own we must do it in community so join hands with your neighbors and get involved today and what a fantastic way to start off the new year by talking about change today change tomorrow they are having a volunteer meeting this Tuesday, January 3rd at 6.30 p.m. at the Western Library, Louisville Free Public Library branch at 604 South 10th Street. Change Today, Change Tomorrow is a black, woman-led, nonprofit organization right here in Louisville. Through their main pillars of service, food justice, community engagement, and public health, they provide for the most marginalized communities in the city. Because when you show up for the most marginalized, you show up for everyone. And there is no sustainability without sustainability for everyone, including the most marginalized. So they protect, defend, and meet the needs of those who have been counted out. They are a force of disruptors and changemakers that believe in community power. So join them every first Tuesday of the month at the Western Branch Library to discuss Change Today, Change Tomorrow outreach and volunteer opportunities over a meal. 
Each month, they'll highlight one of their outreach programs and discuss the initiative in full. They will provide mutual aid training and information about upcoming volunteer opportunities. You can RSVP at tinyurl.com slash CTCT for change today, change tomorrow. Volunteer meeting. That's tinyurl.com slash CTCT volunteer meeting. And, of course, you can get more information about the organization at change-today.org. But we hope you see you out at the Western Library, 6.30 p.m. on Tuesday. There will also be some neighborhood tree plantings coming up this January. Kicking it off on Saturday the 7th back at Rubel Park at 667 Barrett Avenue from 1 to 4 p.m. These are with Metro Louisville. They'll also be holding a neighborhood tree planting on Martin Luther King Day, Monday the 16th from 1 to 4 out at Shawnee Park. And also on Saturday the 21st at back at Rubel Park from 1 to 4 p.m. But Louisville Metro Parks invites you out this Saturday from 1 to 4 on January 7th to Rubel Park for a fun afternoon of tree planting. They'll be planting 50 trees to make Louisville streets a little greener. Tools, gloves, and guidance will be provided by the Urban Forestry Team. No experience is necessary. Groups and families are welcome. In the event of inclement weather, the project will take place on Sunday from... 12.30 to 3 p.m. All signed up volunteers will be notified of any changes in advance. So sign up today using the My Impact app. You can find the link for it at bestparksever.com. And also coming up this weekend on Sunday, January 8th, it's the first in the Winter Orchard Pruning Workshop Series. They're kicking it off uh, from 1 to 4 p.m. on Sunday at Shawnee People's Garden over at 536 North 44th Street. That's out at 44th and Bank. The Urban Agriculture Coalition and Louisville Grows invite you out to brush up on your pruning skills and help improve the health and productivity of our community orchard at the Shawnee People's Garden. Tools will be provided, though, of course, you're welcome to bring your favorite pruning tools. And please bring stepladders if you are able. They are most needed for this event. More information is at foodinneighborhoods.org slash grow, but you can just come on out this Sunday the 8th at 1 p.m. at Shawnee People's Garden, 536 North 44th Street. And I'll let you know about the future orchard pruning workshops coming up later in the season on a future program. Coming up on Monday, January 9th at 7 p.m., it's KFTC 101. Do you desire to learn more about the history and purpose of Kentuckians for the Commonwealth? Well, KFTC is a community of people inspired by a vision, building new power and a better future for all of us. Together, they organize for a fair economy, a healthy environment, new safe energy, and an honest democracy. It's one of the best sustainability organizations in the country and certainly in the state, working statewide for true sustainability and justice. This course, KFTC 101, is designed to tap into our desires and goals towards a better Kentucky. Please join us, learn more, and sign up to join the online meeting at 7 p.m. on Monday the 9th at mobilize.us slash KFTC. That's mobilize.us slash KFTC. And a couple other reminders for you as we start this new year. 
Metro Louisville offers compost bins and rain barrels for sale. Maybe it's time to start thinking about how you're going to divert organic matter from the landfill and rainwater from the sewers. Wouldn't it be great to treat those things as valuable resources in our community that we can use to grow new food in instead of as a waste product that we got to put in our sewers or our landfills? My God, what a dumb way to handle these things. We can do it better. And Metro Louisville wants to help you out. Compost bins, rain barrels, and accessories can be purchased from the Waste Management District at wholesale prices on an ongoing basis. Simply use their online order form and pick up your items at 600 Merriweather Avenue, Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. The items available include the Earth Machine compost bin at under $60, the Wingdinger aerator tool at $21, kitchen scraps collector for your indoor collection at $5, rodent screen and base at $21, and a rot wheeler compost educational guide including included with all earth machines and a cistern rain barrel is available for $74. You can find the order form and full details. They buy in bulk to save you money at louisvilleky.gov slash government slash public dash works. Go to louisvilleky.gov and look for the compost bin and rain barrel sale. Also want to let you know about the Food in Neighborhoods 2023 Eater's Guide to the Farm Bill. The Farm Bill is a hard-working bill that covers everything from crop insurance to community food projects, from Meals on Wheels and SNAP, or the old food stamps program, to energy conservation and international food aid. And it comes up for reauthorization only every five years, I believe it is. And it's coming up for reauthorization on September, in September of 2023. If you eat food or know anyone who eats food, then this bill directly impacts every part of your meal. From where and how your food is grown, how it is cleaned or processed, how much it costs, and any money you may receive to help you pay for your food. Make sure your voice and our collective voices are heard in shaping this vital legislation that impacts you, the environment, and everyone. You can download your free guide to the Farm Bill at foodinneighborhoods.org. Also would like to remind you again that the applications are open right now for the Louisville Sustainability Council Community Grants. You need to apply by March 1st of 2023. The Louisville Sustainability Fund offers grants to support innovative entrepreneurial projects and programs to plan for the impact of climate change on our most vulnerable citizens while supporting community equity and resilience. Applicants may request a minimum of $250 and up to $5,000 in funding. Anyone in the Louisville metro area may apply, including individuals, institutions, businesses, and nonprofits. Students and entrepreneurs are especially encouraged to apply. Each submitted program or project must directly align with climate change, equity, and or community resilience. The proposed activities must largely take place in the greater Louisville metro area. Projects can be new or existing, but preference is given to those that are innovative, impactful, and sustainable. The Louisville Sustainability Council is particularly interested in supporting local projects or programs that have shown early signs of success. You can learn more about the grants and apply at LouisvilleSustainabilityCouncil.org. Just make sure you do it by March 1st. 
Another reminder that registration is now open for the Spring 2023 Neighborhood Institute. It starts on January 26th and it runs through April 13th. Do you want to learn about how to improve your neighborhood? Well, the Lucille Leggett Neighborhood Institute, hosted by the Center for Neighborhoods, is a 12-week, no-cost leadership education program designed to equip neighborhood leaders with skills and resources needed to initiate positive change in the community. It runs January 26th through April 13th for 11 consecutive Thursdays from 6 to 8.30 p.m., at the Center for Neighborhoods, 1126 Barry Boulevard, and dinner is provided each week. For more information, you can call 502-589-0343 or just go to centerforneighborhoods.org and that's where you'll be able to apply to participate in the Spring Neighborhood Institute. Also, finally, a last reminder that you might want to register now for the Organic Association of Kentucky's annual conference coming up January 26th to 28th at the Kentucky State University in Frankfurt. Register now for their 12th annual conference coming up in Frankfurt. The Oak Conference is a not-to-miss event featuring Kentucky farmers, production deep dives, research highlights, food system innovations, market opportunities, and the expanding Oak Network for three days of learning and growing together. Its event is open to everyone. You can register today and join the Oak community in January uh, 26th to 28th at KSU's Research and Demonstration Farm. And scholarships are also available. The theme is Rooted in Resilience, Growing Healthy Soils and Opportunities for Kentucky Organics. And the conference includes a growing attendance of hundreds of Kentuckians and neighbors active in community food systems, farmers, researchers, nonprofit professionals, federal and state agency partners, allied service providers, and conscious consumers working collectively to build a local, resilient, and healthy food system. You can enjoy keynotes, farm tours, over 30 different sessions and six half-day pre-conference workshops on year-round salad greens, nutrient budgeting, forest farming, marketing, funding opportunities for Kentucky farms, and maximizing high tunnels. You can learn more and register today at oak-ky.org. Hey, and that's all the time we have for today here on Sustainability Now. I thank you for tuning us in in the new year and i wish you all the best for a healthy equitable and right relationship with earth in 2023 keep it tuned here to forward radio for more ideas about how to do all that throughout the year and if you're still feeling like giving a little bit to the new year well you can donate to us anytime at forwardradio.org we rely entirely on listener contributions to sustain us throughout 2023 and you can also volunteer with us so go to forwardradio.org click participate today and get on the radio in the new year thanks for tuning in I'll be back again in your ears in one week's time my friends be well sweet sweet love of my heart Dance with me.